0: Uh, kia ora and welcome to the fold. Uh, I'm your host Duncan Grieve, and this podcast is about the media in New Zealand. Um, and this is like Christmas for me, as uh, the, this is the, the, this moment. What, what, what I'm about to um, talk about is, is my favorite piece of data that comes out of New Zealand's media it's the um, I'm talking about the where are the audiences um, survey it's done every two years uh, commissioned by New Zealand On Air and performed by Glasshouse and it is it's not a particular I I, it's hard to get a read on how popular or or influential it is apart from one very specific audience which I'll get to but the reason I like it so much is that it's the only research that I'm aware of uh, that attempts to do a, a phenomenally difficult um, but very important thing, which is try and measure the behavior of um, you know, a, a very diverse uh, set a, a, of audiences across all media consumption. Uh, right now... The, the the what what you tend to see is people will measure within their medium. So, news sites will talk about their traffic, TV channels about their ratings, radio about their ratings, and it's all sort of narrowly defined within the medium. And there is also just a huge vested interest in in inflating your own numbers, uh, and that is is kind of hard to to escape. So. What uh, this research does, and I think it was a very clever and visionary piece of work to commission it in in twenty fourteen, is to say that um, we need a referee. We need like a, something that resembles a neutral arbiter of what is really going on out there. Why does it matter? It matters because New Zealand On Air has a limited budget. It's you know depending on it's it's somewhere around $150 million, uh, give or take, if I'm, if I'm wrong on that, uh, forgive me. But the the point is less about the, the scale of it than um, what it has to do. It basically is meant to uh, sort of foster a sense of national unity and, and tell New Zealand stories to New Zealanders. And for the longest time, that wasn't the the sort of how to do that where to reach people just wasn't a particularly complex exercise you know you you did it on radio and you did it on television um you the 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 thing you know the it, New Zealand on air was previously funded by a broadcasting fee now it's kind of funded out of general taxation but the the principle was that um, it was about the you know it was about audio and visual mediums and um and you could just, you know, you, you took a look at 3's audience, you took a look at TVNZ's audience, you know, in time you looked at Maori TV and Prime's audience and uh, the various radio audiences and, and you could sort of divide up the spending roughly according to their market shares. Um, and and obviously you fund RNZ uh, for around $40 million a year um, to... To perform it, its uh, its functions um, in an ad free environment. Then the internet happened, and everything went crazy. And basically, the 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 sort of big um, mega trend that that is the reason we need this this survey and why it's so interesting is just the internet hit uh, audiences, and then smartphones hit audiences, and then you know the marginal cost of data went down something close to to zero and more and more people got devices and and suddenly it became immensely complicated and and basically and as a result people could consume content from anywhere in the world a lot of the time it was free um, so without knowing what people are doing you know you you are in grave danger of basically continuing to fund the way you have always funded and thereby not creating content for um, for audiences whose behavior has changed and that is the story of of this report um, the, the 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 big headline um, you know the, the thing that that's in it that is is now sort of unequivocally clear that there were always these trends you know we all kind of in, in some ways knew that this day was coming it's just a matter of when would it come? Yeah, so the, there's a, a line in it that, if current trends continue, which surprise, of course, they're going to, then 2020 will be the crossover point where digital media overtakes traditional media and delivering the largest daily audiences in New Zealand. That is a, a seismic um, event. You know that that basically says that uh, television, radio, newspapers, magazines are now. Uh, it, it's, it's basically even right now and from 2021 onwards they will they sort of the trends will continue and w- increasingly the uh, TV and radio audiences will be smaller than the the online audiences um, This matters because TV and radio still take up the vast majority of, of our funding um, in New Zealand and they and it also matters. Because the audiences for those, it's not like the half of New Zealand watches or, or consumes traditional media, and the other half doesn't. Look that and that those two audiences look exactly the same. The the it's basically there is a sixty-plus audience that you know massively disproportionately consumes traditional media. Um, there are graphs in here which are which are quite. Crazy um, to look at that that sort of prove that point, and then there is um, everyone else, particularly it's a particularly acute um, for those under thirty nine The reason that thirty nine is is this interesting inflection point and it's been there f- uh, visible for quite some time is that thirty nine sounds young to me as a forty year old um, but it's at the median age in New Zealand. so when you're talking about people under thirty nine, I think it's often characterised in in media, and because people and you know politicians are mostly over thirty nine and all the rest of it, you sort of think that there are more people there, but in fact, it's it's half the population that is that is under thirty nine, and so there there is a huge challenge implicit in in this uh, for for funding for for New Zealand on air, but also for politicians um, who are sort of tasked with uh meeting these you know who, who need to make a decision like fundamentally this this thing is coming to a head now and i think we have you know we, we've up until now while traditional media was still even if marginally and even if it wasn't demographically perfect the, the the dominant model i think you could make a case for at least you know allowing for the sclerosis of things just not changing I think now the the sort of the argument for basically doing one of two things one is a, a, a huge increase in, in New Zealand on air funding such that digital audiences are given the same uh, quantity of, of funding and that uh, as, as the traditional media audiences or you're gonna have to take a big chunk out of those and that's that is a, that's a really difficult thing because if you were to do that for example let's let's take rnz which still um uh you know gets the, the the vast bulk of its funding goes towards the um creation of its um radio product now i should say that i'm a, an rnz super consumer i use the app to listen back to audio i listen to morning report every morning um i like the, uh, there's probably like 10 different rnz products that i consume on a very regular basis but i'm atypical as a as a 40 year old like the 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 bulk of rnz's audience and they know this is is over 60 so you know how do they continue to devote the bulk of their funding to serving an audience which is disproportionately old which is disproportionately pakeha like it's when you are for all New Zealand and you're funded to to be that um, the only ad-free uh, sort of platform for for New Zealand, you, you kind of have to make a real honest attempt to to meet uh, a broader audience than that. I mean that that was what was driving the youth radio station that was meant to um, take over from Concert FM. That was exactly the kind of really difficult but fundamentally necessary. Decision that had to be taken um, if you're if you've got limited funding and there there is no appetite to grow that and you know you you just feel the the sort of moral weight of the of the missing audience whether a radio station was the right way to go and um, meet that audience. I mean there's data in here which I'll get to which suggests that that it absolutely isn't but the fundamental thing that they were trying to do you kind of have to respect. It ended up blowing up and this is going to be the really confronting and and difficult thing, right, is that when they tried to do that, the Concert FM, um, Don't Touch That Dial Brigade uh, got up in arms and within a couple of weeks it was reinstated and... Where's that youth radio station? How how's that that gone? No sign of it. You know, maybe it's going to be online. Maybe it's going to be another frequency. There's a you know, it, it, it seems like it's um sort of in suspended animation uh, alongside the TVNZ RNZ uh, merger. You know, and and so anyway, I want I want to um. Basically, try and try and get into the the things that sort of scream out as as the most interesting uh, data points to me. Um, so, what what we're seeing is, and and they describe it um, in the uh, report, is that that we're in the era of peak fragmentation. Um, we're seeing the the the, the transition is at, at its apex. You know, in five years' time. The bulk of the transition will have happened, and it may well be that we are down some linear TV channels. That radio, you know, is just a less popular medium. Um, that that there's a bunch of that, that digital is just a bigger, stronger, more robust um, sort of area than across all the different mediums um, and platforms than, than it is at the moment, um, and that will, to some extent, depend on the government interaction with it and how sort of long term and stable that funding is um if if it's if the funding for digital ends up as as stable as the funding for radio and television has been then i think you will see that sector grow and improve its ability to to meet audiences if it feels like it's as fluctuating as things like the rnz an innovation fund for example which was blown up a big thing then disappeared a year later, uh, then which, you know, that there's a very real possibility that, that happens, then we are in a situation which I think it'll be hard to continue to um you know, like the the, the era basically to draw a line and draw I think the era of experimentation is over, the era where certain things are in question is is somewhat over. To pick an example the In terms of the local video-on-demand platforms, um, now, some you know, many of you will already know this, so forgive me, but, but if you don't, there, there, there's a distinction between video-on-demand, which is free-to-access, and subscription video-on-demand, which is paid. Video-on-demand, there is um, really only one, and it's TVNZ. TVNZ-on-demand um, has 21% uh, daily usage, uh, which is freaking enormous. It's 50% larger uh, as far as audience goes than TVNZ2 which is nominally their youth brand and something is going to give there because I mean it's sort of hard to apples with apples because TVNZ on demand has all of TVNZ1, all of TVNZ2, all of Juke and a whole bunch of other stuff besides but the, the sort of cost of and the amount of energy devoted to Making and particularly the amount of New Zealand on air funding, that where the primary plat- platform is TVNZ Two versus TVNZ On Demand, there there is just quite a um, significant difference there. I mean, TVNZ Two is basically the shortened street channel. Without it, you really struggle to um, to sort of hold the thing together. Um, it's dropped from it's dropped to a fourteen percent daily usage rate. That compares to uh, three with 23% and uh, TVNZ1 with 44%, which is just a, a shockingly robust figure. Uh, now, th- I'm just going to do a, a quick aside here, a, a bit of a caveat uh, that, that sort of sits across all this research and at various times I'm going to drill into it because I think it's very significant. Now, this research is, is conducted every two years. So um, first conducted in 2014, done it in 2016, 2018, 2020 it's normally conducted in in march and april this year you might remember there was quite a large news event that that just radically altered people's behavior across a whole bunch of um vectors but uh, particularly media consumption um so they made the decision i think it was the right one to delay the research and and now it and it ended up happening between may and june why is that significant well in May we were still under level two a lot of us working from home still and um, in June while we went to level one there was still altered behavior there was still the 1 p.m press conferences like it you think about how your own media consumption changed during that period uh, you know you I only have to look back at the, the spin off data for um, April and, and May we were yeah, you know, numbers were just through the roof and so that one-time news event um you know had a, it really pushed uh audiences towards the likes of tvnz one in particular i mean that they, they i think that they basically won the coverage war i mean the, the the huge investment that they've made into 6 p.m like last night i was watching the news and or maybe it's the night before simon Dallow was standing inside a house that was being built around him, like that. They, they have like quite sophisticated augmented reality, and they know how to use it. They they basically just have thrown resource strategically into news, basically, you know, betting that knowing that it was where the you know it was it was already a huge audience, knowing that it was where the battle for the whole night is staged. Um, and that it was essentially a, a, you know, if you, if you cash up, uh, your, your news offering, you're basically daring your opposition, which is three to, to either match you, which they can't afford to do, or just to sort of slowly bleed audience, um, across to you. They'd already done that and, um, fair play to them. And I'm sure there were also noble reasons, but you know, let's be honest, these are, these are businesses, this, this is, and, uh, businesses are competitive, but um, they they had that just rock solid infrastructure, and then the biggest news event of our lives comes along, and you know you're everyone's anxious, everyone's trapped at home. You're going to watch um, the news, and overwhelmingly, people watch TV Z And the percentage of people um, I'll talk to talk to Trust in a bit actually, but that, that, there's some amazing things for them from a brand perspective, even as you know, they just announced another sizable loss. Um, but I think. You know, strategic. Well, in the long run, uh, TVNZ is is the best placed of our major media companies right now, and I'll I'll sort of explain why I think that. But the the reason why the just returning to the point about the timing of the research, commuting was way down because we were working from home, so the commuter mediums really suffered. What what are commuter mediums? Uh, Radio is is a huge commuter medium. Radio took a real hammering in this um, report it's uh you know basically aside from the two news stations uh, uh or the two big news stations I should say RNZ and NewsTalk ZB there was no other station with a daily reach of over 4%. Now everyone in radio will be absolutely fuming at that and they they probably have a point to my mind that um if people aren't driving their cars to work they're not listening to to the radio that's just that, that's not particularly hard to um, discuss. The other medium that really didn't show any growth um, or or not no growth, but showed less growth than you might've anticipated was podcasting. I, I obviously this is a podcast. I'm a huge fan of the medium. So, um, you know, with that bias declared, I also think that, um, you know, podcasts thrive on public transport, you know, because you don't have a car radio, you've got your phone and, um, you're, it's a it's a lean-in kind of self-selecting kind of medium. If you're not commuting on public transport, which not only were people not commuting, but they were scared of public transport, rightly really so. Um, so the volumes were, were down, therefore you would just expect, and we, we did see podcasts to be down. That isn't acknowledged in the research, but I think it's hard to argue. Uh the other people who suffered hugely in this was Sky. Now Sky's had a really rough few years. Um new CEO Martin Stewart's been in the job eighteen months and has, you know, had to pay a massive sum to to retain the rugby rights. They've lost the cricket rights. It's been it's been a hard time. Sky but but nothing harder than COVID taking you know, and they built their whole strategy around sports, around live sports. What was happening in May and June? heaps of stuff but not sports there was just nothing on the freaking air so the numbers for sky are just i i think they're so distorted as to not even be particularly credible now sky is down there's, there's no doubt in anyone's mind and, and certainly their own they, they now don't break out the difference between their sort of online subscriptions and their pay tv subscriptions but the 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 number of people who subscribe to their core and very expensive and you know still in many respects amazing uh, pay TV product is definitely down. But to what extent it's down, to what extent usage is down, that's um, you know that that's I think not something that we can know because even, because some people will have you know it was also an economic crisis, therefore people would have cut what expenses they could. Sky is like a classic, um, nice to have, so they might have had a dip in subs. The 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 other thing is they were they had bought Lightbox but not let merged not yet merged it with Neon, so there was a big platform integration going on and they weren't really strongly pushing the new relaunched Neon, which by the way I think is the best streaming service in New Zealand and one of the best in the world in terms of the quality of the catalog. Um, if I could only have one S five, it wouldn't be Netflix; it would be Neon. The but that was you know that product while in market wasn't a priority so I think this happened at the single worst time in Sky's history to do a survey um, so I th- you know what while Sky is in trouble I just don't think we can use this I think you almost have to ring fence it within the survey to, to sort of really know what was um, going on and I also think that um, part of that is that uh, that 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 also impacts the TVNZ One numbers because you had such a a you know everyone had been trained to watch the six o'clock news again. Let's see where we are in a year. You know, it might be that 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 audience sticks around. It might be that it um, sort of further frag- fragments. Um, but I just don't think we know. I have heard a rumor that they're going to move this to a, a an annual survey, which I think would be an excellent use of resource because things are changing so much and. Quite frankly, this survey has every chance of being a rogue in in many respects. So you just, if you when you're spending tens of millions of dollars, hundreds of millions of dollars to to go and meet audiences, you really need to know where they are, and so robust data really matters. Um, so let's talk a little bit about more about TVNZ uh, forty the so the The biggest channel um, in New Zealand now, as as they're defining, is is YouTube. The forty eight percent penetration that's overtaken TVNZ one on on forty four percent. YouTube, you know, like it's it's an interesting one, right? Like because it's it's very you know you can all of our contents there. There's a lot of New Zealand content there, but fundamentally, when you go to YouTube, the algorithm decides what's your going to watch or 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 search terms that you to input that um means that your ability to kind of consume or be served new zealand content is limited um obviously the the signature innovation of it was the fact that it was dominated by user generated content that basically anyone could upload and there's all kinds of issues with that but um you know so youtube is is the sort of the big headline winner from this i actually don't think it's as interesting as some of the other numbers that that come out of it uh we i think so tvnz won 44 percent um penetration nearly double uh three on 23 percent that's that that battle to the extent it ever was a battle is is largely over and three was you know, three's part of three's problem is that, uh, three was always the, um, 25 to 54 audience company. Well, that audience is the one that's gone online and when it's gone online, it hasn't just naturally migrated to three now, which is um, basically is flat at 4%, a kind of a negligible audience figure. Um, it's gone, I think mostly to Netflix. Netflix is now, I mean, We all sort of know this, but Netflix's penetration is just unbelievable to the point where I think New Zealand on Air is going to have to, just as it had to sort of figure out what to do with Sky when Sky was in the ascendant, it's going to have to figure out what to do with Netflix because, yeah, Netflix has got sixty-one is in sixty-one percent of um, people's lives. Uh, They're disproportionately young. I'm going to talk about the diverse audiences part later because I really think that that is the signature channel challenge but that that is uh, that beautiful app um which is perfect everywhere you touch it, and you know the 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 algorithm approach is just just increasingly sophisticated and it's it's pretty good now as much as I'm a big human hand curation person in general uh that the that is that's in that is like a massive massive uh channel for people now. Its daily consumption is thirty six percent. It's I think it's entirely possible in a year's time, um, absent another major news event, it overtakes TVNZ one to become the dominant channel. the The thing about Netflix is we think of it as a singular entity, but basically it's it's an infinite um, number of personalised channels. Like you know, I'm I'm in here with uh, Tina Tina Tiller t- producing, when she t- turns on Netflix, I bet that she sees something. You know, like entirely different. There might be only a tiny handful of common shows versus the the one that I turn on, and that and same with you listening to this. And and that, you know, that that's a. Uh, and that's the genius of it, right? Like, it it very it, it learns and and, and adapts to, to our consumption habits and behavior incredibly well. TVNZ On Demand isn't trying to do that, which I think is the, the right strategic move. They're going down a sort of a channels um, approach because you just you can't compete with the the best engineers in the world work at Netflix, you know, and you can kind of tell. Um, what else? So, yeah, so, so TVNZ, huge audience, huge trust. I mean so 28 percent of people named it as the 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 source that the new source that they trusted most in COVID-19 that was a new question that was inserted I'm really glad they did it I think it's it's really interesting the no other entity the the New Zealand government's COVID-19 website got eight percent I don't to be honest I don't even know why that was an option because it's not really a media platform or or in any traditional sense but that's by the by. Uh, no other media company was over 4%. There were other peop- people like, you know, staff herald high usage, but the trust just just was way down. And I think that that's really interesting. That will uh, prompt a lot of soul searching. Staff has made a big deal about their pivot to trust. And, you know, I'm a huge admirer of staff uh, uh, over the past year. That's it's not news to anyone who's a regular listener to this podcast, but the the fact that that hasn't yet filtered through into a sort of brand recognition within the survey will just shows you how hard it is to regain it after you've you know kind of lost it during the, their sort of the worst of their clickbait era. Um, RNZ being relatively low there as well. You know, again, I think that that could be due to the fact that radio as a medium was less useful um, as is because we weren't moving around, um, but it will be uh, sort of an interesting thing. Um, just gonna quickly talk now about some of the big medium stuff. The The number of households which said they had a working television, which I, is a question that's always fascinated me um, because well, for a lot of nerdy reasons that I won't get into, Is but the number is 78% and that's higher the older you are the more likely you are to have that which obviously means that the younger you are you are the less likely you are to have it the number of people with a working radio is 61% given that we spend so much of our uh, money funding for those mediums as as the primary platform the fact that 20% of people don't even have a, a working television 40% of people don't even have a working radio that's that's a challenge man like you gotta you gotta figure out what to do with that um so let's talk a bit man honestly i I could could (laughs) could talk about this for way too long and um there are probably very few people who would be up for that but um i think it's yeah this this, this stuff just fascinates me um one 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 more thing on on sort of platforms. There's a new question that's been added to this, which is um, about online gaming. And the the penetration for online gaming, is, the numbers are are excellent, which, you know, um, sort of scans with its, its sort of cultural significance. The reason why that's really interesting is New Zealand On Air basically doesn't fund gaming and New Zealand just generally doesn't. It's, it's this sort of orphan medium but it's really highly paid and it's uh, it's it's really highly engaged with it's also disproportionately engaged with by maori pacifica young people it has a much more even gender split than the cliche um goes and it's going to be incredibly difficult to fund because these the the big games have hundreds of very highly paid engineers working on them you know there 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 is no no one is my sense, and I'm not the most avid gamer in the world, though I do have a Switch and I do love it, um, but my sense is that when you play a game, you play it for the nature of the game, there is very little kind of cultural, there's very little nationalistic cultural attachment towards a game. Like you're not going to play a New Zealand game because it's a New Zealand game, even if it's got inferior sort of um, gameplay and and story, graphics, et cetera. So, and there are some phenomenally successful New Zealand gaming companies, but I I think it'll be a really challenging medium for New Zealand on air to fund. But I think that having asked the question and opened that door, the case from the industry for some kind of funding will be very hard to ignore. And honestly, as hard as it's going to be, I think that they have to figure out a way to engage in it because it's just for so many people. It is a really really important um media consumption um form for them probably the, the primary one like more people would define themselves as gamers in terms of their kind of cultural what they do with their time i would think then would define themselves as like music fans i mean in music by the way has take takes a real hammering in this survey um as well and again i think that that is also in part because it's a it's a commuting you know a lot of people's time listening to music is when they're getting around um the 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 big winner out of it though is, is spotify and uh streaming music that that has again that that's not particularly news to anyone but it's it's um it it it's a huge winner out of it uh the yeah so so the 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 big five media companies um, in New Zealand—you uh, know, Sky, TVNZ, MediaWorks, NZME—stuff. The the, those are the big five public ones, and let's let's just throw RNZ in there as well, even though they're non-commercial. This is really challenging for all of them because, for all of them, their biggest and most valuable property is, would be defined as traditional media. Now that the tipping point has been reached, um, you know what, and and. In terms of the digital transition, uh, how would I rate them? I think that uh, TVNZ is probably in the best position in the in the whole survey. Um, NZME obviously has a big audience for The Herald and its premium subs are up to 43,000, uh, which is, I think, an excellent number. It's still struggling with... It's still going through a transition and I think it will make it through that transition. It's just how big will it be on the other side of it. But the the challenge to radio remains the same. The thing that's interesting to me about who the audience of the survey is, it's absolutely for New Zealand on air and it's also interesting to nerds like me. Does the media buying industry, like the people who place advertisements, do they pay attention to it? I think they should. Whether they do, that's an open question. But um, if they start to in a big way, then they that that will be quite troubling for for all the big media companies. Stuff uh, obviously has you know the one of the biggest websites in the country on a per capita basis, one of the biggest websites in the world. Um, it has instituted its members program that, by all accounts, is going well. The pivot to trust, the redesign, the sort of emphasising of its best work—just I give it tens all round for that kind of thing. Still, it's got a lot of work to do to to handle this transition. Sky has massively downsized Sky's workforce. I, I'm not going to say these numbers because I haven't um, stood them up yet. But if what I've been told is true, there is no company that has, has shrunk to pivot um, anything like Sky. Um, its digital products are still like a, a total mess. There's too many of them and a lot of them are in some kind of state of disrepair. It also has the best catalog in in New Zealand and and some long term deals, so that that buy it time to figure that, that out. Um, whether it will that that's that's an open question. Um, and three, I three three is probably the furthest behind MediaWorks. Um, three now is not great. Rover is second to iHeart Radio. Um, NewsHub does really really well kind of outperforms um the the investment in it i think but just you know fundamentally it doesn't have a single killer product that it can pin itself to rnz just you know does well online and particularly it's it's gone heavily into podcasts um and and dominates that area like kind of no other um no one else dominates any other medium like rnz does podcasts for new Zealand, but it's still under in digital and basically either it makes a, a hard decision which i think is almost impossible like if it started to de-resource its core radio product people you know that would make the concert reaction look completely um well just it would dwarf it uh but in so it basically will demand more money and it will almost certainly get it as is, is my um assumption assuming that Labour is re-elected and and is more powerful, which obviously looks very likely. Um, and yeah, so so that's so so all of those companies, some of which are far more reliant on New Zealand and air funding their content than others, I should say. Um, and the likes of Stuff and NZME, you know, they they're probably a net neutral out of this survey. Um, apart from they will be annoyed and probably disagree with the the trust findings. Um, but they, I think, will um, and should demand more uh, funding from from New Zealand on air. And uh, you know whether that comes through some sort of new fund that that exists to fund journalism, which has been much t- discussed, or or whether the, that is just more uh, video funding that allows them to have more volume. Because a lot of the, the the issue we have right now with Video funding for um, platforms is it's so splintered that no one really has the volume to, to kind of acquire and maintain an audience. There is a case to be made, um, and I think that this will be a, become a, a, a louder conversation. That TVNZ has already won the sort of battle for the to be the the platform for video for New Zealand, and will start to you know should three give up on three now and be on tvnz on demand and some sort of revenue share you know i think is a case should the you know should the government effectively whether it compels tvnz to or the tvnz does it um from a sort of a strategic kind of capture sense does it try and own um the video space that that's sort of up in the air um so i'm coming to the end of my time the thing that i really <laughs> which uh, and the thing that i think is most important to emphasize is is just how there the, there has to be action out the back of this like if you look at the audience behavior for young people um you know they're, they they watched tv yesterday at, at, you know basically they're far less likely to to watch television. Actually, let, let's let's expand that a bit. Like um, Māori Pacifica, Asian people, and and young people, all are much more. Um, actually, Māori have a slightly different profile. That they are sort of they they do consume more more television. But that one sort of vague, slightly anomalous thing aside. Uh, they tend to be disproportionately lower consumers of uh, mediums like radio, television, and much more high consumers of uh, online video and um, and and streaming music, uh, online gaming, all the stuff which is either unfunded or, or underfunded on a proportional basis. So there's just this. There's there's you can't continue to do that, especially not a, a, a labour government and and. You know, to be quite frank, New Zealand on Air is an organisation. Just you know, as much as like it's heavily lobbied by television, it has long relationships and it it has a vested interest in keeping the production sector um, alive, which is really the you know the, it funds mostly production companies. It doesn't fund platforms directly uh, for the most part. But you can't continue. You can't look at this survey. And continue to behave as you have before, and it's been sort of inching along obviously we we get um, uh, a small amount of funding to make a, a few shows, so does newsroom stuff you know and and a few others um, coconut for example the but the the it is just sort of none of it particularly has scale and I think and and the problem is you can't fund directly or certainly there hasn't been a history of funding directly for YouTube. And there are no guarantees there, and the numbers are smaller. So you're – and it's very sort of chicken or the egg. It would be hard to find like a $7 million drama for YouTube as the primary platform or for any one of these things. Are $7 million dramas still a thing that you can find? I I don't know. I mean, we've got a whole system of actors and production companies set up around them continuing to exist in some form. But basically – when you're funding for television, you are funding for older white people who have had it pretty good across every metric you can find. And and by the way, I know that there, this isn't the entirety of the audience. It's just a disproportionate share of the audience. And so these are the, the decisions that, that are, are confronting New Zealand on air and thus government. is like, are you going to let them make huge changes? It would be really destabilising. You'd have a lot of people losing jobs, a lot of jobs created elsewhere, but in the hope and it's no guarantee, but in the hope that, um, there will be a sort of a, a new, you, you will go and find those. They, they literally call them the hard to find audiences, which, you know, even that is sort of sticks in my craw. of it. It's like, you know, they're hard to find because you're not really trying hard enough to find them would be, um, what I'd, I'd say. And, uh, so that, that is the, the big thing that confronts all of us. And I'm not, Honestly, I'm not <laughs> suggesting that the, the, the spin-off or any of the online platforms should by as of right um, be considered the, the best way to go and do that. But the, the shift has happened and it's it's really, really apparent in the this data. I urge anyone listening to this who's curious to, to go and find it on the um on the New Zealand on their website. Um, and because there's just there's so much in it uh, and I'm out of time and I really <laughs> thank you for, for uh, sort of in, enduring this and um, yeah, it's going to be a very, very interesting uh, few years as New Zealand On Air and the whole media industry processes the fact that the shift, which was always coming, was always coming, has now come and uh, yeah, we, we get through it.